You're listening to The Humaning Podcast with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. Hey there. I am back from an unplanned three-week hiatus, and it is so good to connect with you in the ether again. And if you're new to the show, welcome. Either way, I am so glad you're here. But before we jump into all the shit we need to talk about, want to breathe with me for a bit? My friend, you can ground yourself, you can be in movement. And if this does not sound good to you, fast forward a little bit until you hear me talking again, but I thought maybe we would just inhale and exhale together, maybe five breaths as you want to. It could be exactly the same as you've been breathing or longer breaths or side out exhales. You choose, but let's just take five breaths together. Ready, set, go. I hope that gave you a little bit of something you might have needed. And if it made you crawl out of your skin, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Holy shit, lovely human. The last three weeks have been so many things. First, after, you know, getting started with September, the new schedule that we all had, the new everything that we have going on um, as a family, myself, my partner, my two kids. Then (laughs) my oldest and I had COVID and on top of COVID, I also had a sinus infection, same exact time. That was so rough. Recovering took me all the way through to the end of September. So I was sick for a good two weeks and that was just in time for me to travel to California the first week of October to attend a conference in San Francisco and then speak at the Yellow Conference in San Luis Obispo. I had some really wonderful adventures while I was there, and I'm so grateful for that. And then somehow after I returned at the beginning of last week, I was unwell again. And then my youngest and my husband were sick over the weekend. And now finally, here we are together. And I have to tell you, it's taken me forever to prepare this episode. Not because I didn't have anything to say, because let's be real, pigs will 100% fly before there is a time where I have nothing to say. But I don't know, like I just felt this block, not a writer's block, just something keeping me from coming to the act of writing and preparing. It's been so weird. It could absolutely be from the roller coaster of September beginning, then getting sick, then my California adventures and speaking. And it could also 100% be 
due to the ongoing stress of living in the United States with world events happening, and that of course includes the escalating conflict between Israel and Gaza, with all that has been going on, challenges, hardships, oppression of all kinds, attacks on marginalized communities here in the U.S. and abroad, it is not easy to be in the world right now. So I wanted to share with you through all of what's going on, it is hard to know how to show up. It is. It can be common to have a fear of making mistakes. And with all that, I just want to kind of name that because maybe you are in the same place, you know, of how do I show up? What do I say? I don't want to say the wrong thing. I feel like I don't know enough. I've spent the last week learning so much about what was not taught to me in United States history. And I've been quiet purposely because I've been learning and I've been unlearning and I've been relearning, decentering myself, right? And with all of this, I'm just super grateful to be finally connecting with you. But I'll be honest, it's not without any discomfort. And also, it's with the question that we're working through today, which is, it is, is it okay to celebrate special moments when the world is on fire? And I know that that may come across as like heartless or like really stuff, like what is there to celebrate? But, the, but here's the thing, right? Of course, we are always affected. We are going to be affected by any violence that is going on in the world. But remember, violence is always going on in this world. That's the world we live in, unfortunately. I got more to say about this. <laughs> so, you know, feel free to, you know, fast forward because I am going to get to stuff that is unrelated to world events. Um, I'll try to include that in the show notes if you want to pause here because I know it's been a heavy, heavy week. Last Sunday on October 8th, I celebrated my fourth business anniversary. And if you know anything about me, or if there's any one thing you should know if you're new to being in space with me is I freaking love celebrations. Milestones are so important to me. But honestly, it felt really weird to celebrate this milestone at this time. Um, you know, and so I started to think this week about my feelings about celebrating when the world is on fire or in the wake of a specific atrocity that is happening that we are, you know, feeling so vulnerable or split open by or there is just, ca- it's causing so much heartache and and fear um, and division, right? And often there is a conversation I hear amongst business owners of, you know, how do we or do we need to acknowledge when something's going down? Do we acknowledge where we stand? What is our obligation? Do we pause our work, pause posting, pause marketing, pause our offers in order to create space for processing, learning, unlearning, relearning, you know, taking action to support those being oppressed and, you know, do our work in dismantling the oppressive systems in place? And of course, like the natural answer is yes. Like we always want to center humanity, Right. We always want to pause. We, you know, for for those of us who are in the work of dismantling oppressive systems, it often doesn't stop with the systems that are oppressing us, right? Like we want to dismantle all the shit. We want to dismantle the 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 system that is causing all of the oppression, right? Which is obviously white supremacy culture, colonization, all of that. 
but it's hard, <laughs> right? Because we live in a world that is in a constant state of violence. It looks different depending on the region and who's involved. We as humans, and especially here in the U.S., because I, I can't speak to anywhere else in the world because this is where I live. My assumption is that there is oppression that is happening in different parts of the world that here in the United States we are not aware of, right? Because media, right? But we are continuing to experience and navigate one tragedy after another while living within the systems of oppression. And it's too fucking much. And here's the thing, like I'm not going to play the comparison game or the oppression Olympics. That's not going to help anything. And also I want to name that American culture's propensity to be all upset for an acute amount of time, right? Spouting off feelings all over the place, unfiltered, unresearched opinions, only to then move on to the next, like quickly to the next thing when this thing isn't resolved and the systems haven't changed is too freaking much. And I know like for you listening, that's probably not you right? Because if you're in space with me, then you're in it, right? You're in the work of disrupting and dismantling and you're not in it just to make fucking noise and then be done for a little while, right? Because we know that that doesn't help in the long game of making real and sustained change, right? But still, like I know for the last week, it was exhausting to be on social media. It, I don't, I don't usually watch the news because, well, I have lots of feelings about the news, but it's just exhausting, it's it, it it's the events itself have been difficult on top of all the shit that has been already going on, but adding all the noise <clears throat> has been so much. And again, please know, I am not saying that there should not be feelings about this. I am not saying that we should not be having conversations about where the division lies and, you know, trying to find common ground of how we really need to move forward in this. But Ooh. The one way I have found forward in navigating all of this is the reminder of the agreements that we call into shared spaces together, as well as the assumptions that I hold as I open space. These have been a great guide while navigating all the mess that's been going on since I've been in practice of the agreements and the assumptions these last two years or so. And I'm so grateful for them because the greatest gift to me has been how they've applied outside of shared space. And so these particular few have been really helpful in this last week or so. One, listening to understand, believe, and take action, right? This is the practice of active listening in the moment, being open to hearing about other people's experiences, hearing about new perspectives and new education, right? Believing people when they express their experience and that can be apart from how you experience life right and then explore how you might take action especially if this person has more of a marginalized identity than you second consider how you take up space right always reflecting on your social location your proximity to power and privilege right i we're always encouraging and this all comes from the work of michelle cassandra johnson dr works also tristan katz um, you know, encouraging folks who hold marginalized identities to take up space, to speak your truth. And those with identities more proximal to power, this is where you get to be quiet. Step back, let the other voices be heard. Listen, hear something else other than yours. Because here's the thing, we are not 
always aware of how our power and privilege is playing out because we've been so conditioned by it. And also refraining from giving unsolicited advice or trying to fix something for someone. The third one, the third agreement that has been really impactful for me is, you know, allowing myself a brave space for curiosity and open-minded thinking, being willing to do things differently and experience discomfort, right? Identifying when you feel uncomfortable about something, you know, that is being said, something that is stated, right? An event and considering if your reaction to it is your inner protection, your inner BS, or is it a call to action to learn, unlearn, relearn, right? And shifts occur when we get uncomfortable. Also, our best care, our own care and our own and collective care comes from learning, unlearning and relearning. And so I've been uncomfortable this last week of what I don't know. And just listening and, 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 and learning and relearning, unlearning. Ooh. And then the assumptions that I call into space, again, from the work of Michelle Cassandra Johnson, DR Works, et cetera. All systems of oppression exist. We live at the intersections of our identities and it is possible to benefit from and be harmed by systemic oppression all at the same time. Third, our roles and responsibilities for responding to oppression are different based on our social location. That's how close our identities are to institutional and systemic power and privilege. Fourth, there's no such thing as neutral. We all carry our lived experiences with us. And remember that the concept of neutral and dominant culture is designed to center a white cis het perspective, etc. Fifth, intent does not equal impact. You might have the best intentions and still it may have not the, in, the impact that you intended and recognizing, right, your culpability in that. Also, we live in a toxic culture that affects us all. We are not encouraged to see it, so we must learn to see our culture and how it teaches us to transform the absurd into normal. And that, friends, is so fucking hard to uncover that. I'm calling this into space today with hopes that these reminders might be of support to you in some way. Anyway. I hope it was. And if I can, with these in mind, bring us back to why we're here and the question of, is it okay to celebrate moments while the world is on fire? My answer is unequivocally yes. As humans, we need to experience happiness and joy. It is a necessity. And it is necessary to keep hope alive to give us something to fight for, to give us a reason to care for ourselves and one another, to sustain us as we continue day after day showing up to the fight, showing up to connection, to show up to all of it. Yes, joy, happiness, and celebrations are a must, even when the world is on fire. So I have to tell you, this is basically the entire internal conversation I've had with myself over the last few days. I was not sure if I was going to talk about this. I wasn't sure how I was going to talk about all of this. I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about all of this. I just didn't know. I really was conflicted until I finally just sat down. I just needed to write. And friend, know this. 
I am on a journey just like you and it's messy and it is imperfect, right? And so as always, if there's harm that I've caused, if there is a situation for learning, unlearning, relearning, you do not have to re-educate me. That is not your role. However, if you feel called to, always reach out. Always feel free. If you are resourced to hear, receive, witness, I'd really like to share with you how I'm commemorating the milestone of my business's fourth anniversary. I thought I'd do something really cool or corny, depending on how you look at it. I'm here for both. And share with you four important things I've learned, slash aha, slash like bang me over the head with lessons, you know, with like knowledge, like kind of lessons. And I'll tell you that these lessons, so for the, if you're listening, you're not a business owner, please don't worry. Like these are not just applicable to my business moving forward. Really, honestly, they're guides for the rest, like all the rest of my life, like all the other parts, basically just humaning, right? Coming back to the title of this podcast. And I'll be really honest that nothing's flashy or earth shattering. It's nothing you've probably never ever heard before, right? It's nothing that you haven't heard before. But I have to say that they're significant nonetheless. And so I want to share them with you in um, no particular order. And also, if you are finding that you are in a particularly tough spot in life, they might be helpful to you as you navigate. So number one, for me, blanks, and this is in no particular order. I hope I said that. Blank space for me is a non-negotiable on a daily basis. That probably doesn't come to a surprise to you if you've been around the show for a while because this entire year I've talked so much about blank space in our conversations. It's a practice that I started in the summer of 2022 which is intentionally blocking off time in my calendar to not work, to not do errands or anything quote-unquote productive. And basically this is time spent just with myself maybe doing stuff that brings me joy, or maybe I'm doing nothing at all. And trust me, this was not an easy thing for me to start. I had all the excuses. Well, not really excuses, right? But to me in that situation, it's basically what felt like valid reasons why I couldn't do it, right? And they were so much work, so little time. I had to catch up or keep up or get ahead of stuff with the kids, with Matt, my husband, um, or around the house, right? Like you don't need me to spell it out to you. I'm sure you get it, right? Anything that could have been you know, the reason why I couldn't do this. And looking back at that time, I was so deep in the pressure cooker. The squeeze felt so tight, the hold so strong. Then when someone suggested to me that I start this practice as a way to soften the pressure, I literally scoffed. <laughs> Seriously, I was such an ass about it. Absolutely 100% like, are you for real? Like, I'm a parent of two kids who require so much from me. I'm a solopreneur. You've got to be kidding. This is absolutely not feasible. But I did it anyway, starting with a few minutes here and there. And I'll tell you, I was absolutely on a mission to debunk this theory. But whew, let me tell you how it has become a non-negotiable. And here's why. It clears my mind. It settles the BS, the bullshit, the worry, the doubt, the fear that happens in my mind. Blank space literally breathes new life into me. It opens space for me to be creative, flexible in my thinking, problem solve, and it also creates space that just stays spacious. And that was never a thing for me. 
It allows me space to just be apart from my titles and my duties, apart from disrupting. Yes, for those of you who want to support others who are in the thick of work in disrupting, dismantling, supporting, right? Advocating. Yes, you need it too. Apart from all of that. Also, honestly, blank space helps me to to just not be an asshole. Or at least be able to call myself on it when I am being an asshole and make amends, right? It allows me to be present, especially with myself, with my kids, with Matt. It has 100% enhanced my relationship with them and especially my relationship with myself. Now, I want to be honest with you. Blank space looks different every single day. I'm at the point now where I've built up time in my schedule to sometimes spend an hour and some days... It's five minutes or 30 seconds here and there. Obviously, the longer stretches are the ones that I can schedule into my calendar. And the smaller ones are times I take when I can. And what I do in that time changes based on the time I have, what my needs are in terms of how resourced I'm feeling, if I feel balanced, and if not, then what type of energy is present? Like, do I feel unsettled? Do I feel angry? Am I unmotivated? right? All the prompts that I give you every time we're in session together, anytime I'm talking about how to move forward with practices, that's what I'm considering. And I don't know if you're wondering what I do in blank space, but in case you are, if that's like a burning question for you, I'm happy to share a couple of things. It's not exciting things. One, I love my bed and just being in my bed, just laying there. For me, it's something so grounding, soothing, comforting. I also enjoy taking walks or sitting in nature where it's safe and also when my fucking allergies aren't acting up. I really love looking at the sky and the clouds. Sometimes also I'll just goof off. I'll sing or dance to music. I'll watch something I really enjoy on TV and like really tune into it, not just like space out. Um, I also read a lot. My favorite books are sexy rom-com novels and I love checking out my town's library for authors of the global majority. Um, So these are things I like to do in blank space. I told you they weren't exciting. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm wondering, how are you feeling about all this? You know, this blank space thing. Are you feeling like it's accessible? Hell no. (laughs) If there's a big barrier, I encourage you to start small. Maybe with less than five minutes every single day. And see how it goes. Because the reality is, the more you do it, the easier it'll become. That's for sure. And make it easy for yourself. Here's the second thing I've learned in the last four years, but especially that's really come to fruition this year is my self-care is is my nourishment and also a non-negotiable. And there's a p- big ass period on that statement. And I honestly don't have much more to say about it. For me, I have, I'm going to get on my soapbox. For me, I've got to take good care of myself. Otherwise, everything goes to shit. Maybe not immediately, but eventually and sooner rather than later. The world is enough of a roller coaster for me also having kids is enough of a roller coaster for me that my own well-being cannot afford to also be a roller coaster or non-existent. Now I have to say to you, my self-care is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, I eat takeout. Sometimes I don't sleep enough, etc., right? Some days I don't exercise, but every day I'm showing up in an intentional way to my care. And the things that I try to do daily are very simple, which is And these practices are the foundation of the Disruptor's Guide to Self-Care, which is available to you for free on my website. And here are the things that I really strive to do every day. 
eat three meals a day because your girl gets hangry otherwise. Number two, drink water. Number three, keep a consistent sleep schedule when my kids will freaking cooperate because one of my kids has always been a variable sleeper. Four, move my body. Fifth, connect with nature. I try to also, sixth, uh, meaningfully connect with a human outside of my children and my husband. Seventh, take short pauses throughout the day. And eighth, spend some time alone, aka during my blank space. And I want to share with you, I'm very flexible with all this. Some days I do all of it. Some days it's a few things. It's not rigid or goal-oriented in terms of checking the box on the to-do list off and then moving to the next thing at all. Everything I do is tuned in with whatever capacity I have. And what I end up doing or the way I do it may not be all that I need, but I do as much as I can in the way I can show up to it. And that's enough. And it has to be enough. The thing is, when I'm actively nourishing myself, then I can more effectively deal with my own shit. I can more effectively deal with my work. I can more effectively parent, partner, friend, while being authentic. And you guessed it, show up in the world as less of an asshole. See the theme here, right? And for me, self-care is very much community care. It is so I don't cause more harm in the world because there's enough fucking out there. And I'll be real with you. I'm unapologetic about what I need in order to be resourced. I will get up earlier if I need to. I will rearrange my schedule. I will say no. I will sometimes, you know, really work to arrange things so that I get the the level of resourcing that I need. And I'll also be very clear with my partner, my kids about what I need. And it doesn't always go according to my plan. And I don't always get what I need. But I have developed strong boundaries that I do not apologize or feel guilty for. Now, I really wish that we were in real time together because I'm really wondering what's present for you. (laughs) Are there some shifts you want to explore within your own self-care? How are you feeling about this, Cher? Like, what's happening for you? I want to know. All right. So the third thing I've learned is that my mind is so freaking smart and also a big-ass bullshitter. I've got to listen to my body and trust my inner knowing. Dominant culture calls this your gut, right? A skill I've been working really hard to develop is discerning what's real and what's fake when it comes to my thoughts and the stories I tell myself in terms of the messages I receive from my body and the intel from my inner knowing. Because I'm a Pisces, so drama's my thing. I'm also Vata dominant, so worry, doubt, fear are also my thing. And dominant culture has had me striving for perfection for so fucking long so that I could be viewed as maybe almost enough. There's a lot of mess going on internally quite often for me. So I'm constantly in a state of, huh, what's going on here? I'm so smart, but the bullshit's real. (laughs) The stories are real, right? I've got to be able to trust my inner knowing. I've got to be able to listen to my body when it tells me what it needs. And I've also got to be able to call myself on my bullshit. Anything resonating for you here? All right, number four. Grace, compassion, and non-judgment are more important than discipline, than outcomes, as in like the goals for our work and like, you know, willpower. Now, I am not saying we've got to throw all outcome-oriented conversations out the window. No, outcomes are important. Success is important. Working is important. Hello, bills, capitalism, like it's all going strong, right? We got to show it to, we got to make money. 
But it's the way that I come to this, the way that that we come to this, like dismantling the idea that success at any cost is the narrative and is the way we've got to go in the habit. But instead centering humanity along the way, allowing for mistakes, allowing for myself and others to be freaking human and quit judging myself or others. Well, except for the people who are on the wrong side of oppression, I'm just going to say it. And the reality is like shit's going on for people, including my nearest and dearest humans that I have no fucking idea about for fuck's sake. Like dominant culture is judging us enough. I needed to cut the shit. And this has been the hardest thing to do because by nature, I'm super judgy and hard. But I love cultivating this softer, not to be confused with weaker or doormat side of me. And I've seen a difference in my relationships too because these practices have allowed for me to open lines of communication, to be receptive, to sit in discomfort, right? To have hard conversations that have more fruitful outcomes, including with myself. Ooh, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this, on all of this. So please really reach out, DM me, email me. Some of you have my number, text me, like, I want to know what is coming up for you, what's resonating, what is like no step, disagree, hard no. You got it wrong. I have to share with you that I'm so proud of this business I've built and all the ways it has surprised me in its evolution. I mean, I'm so grateful to be on this ride for you with you that you come into space and we have these lopsided conversations. <laughs> I imagine you like talking back to me and like responding as I'm talking. So that's why I think it's a conversation. I'm definitely going to keep this celebration going all, all month. And one way that I'm celebrating is with a new offer, a new way for you to work with me through a one-time Zoom call called Release the Pressure. And now this is for you if you're looking for support with recovering from burnout or creating more sustainable self-care practices or making social cha- your social change efforts more sustainable by centering your self-care or maybe from divesting from dominant culture's messaging and your well-being. And so how it works is we'll block off 90 minutes for a Zoom call, but we may not use all that time. You get to decide how long we need to talk. And we'll discuss what you're experiencing, how you want to feel as you move through life. And during or at the end of that call, I'll offer clarity and customized support with a few simple shifts that you can begin like When we get off the call, like with no extra money, like you don't have to go out and buy anything, do anything with little support from anybody else. It'll be literally catered to your responsibilities, the amount of time you've got, the energy you've got. It will be perfectly curated for you in order to release the pressure based on what is available to you. Now, pricing for the release of pressure call is available according to a three-tiered justice pricing structure. And of course, if you need assistance beyond the community-supported rate, reach out to me. Email me at Steph. It's Steph at StephGalante.com or DM me on Instagram. Please, I know it's hard to ask for help. But friends, remember, community care, right? We're centering this. So please do me a favor. If you're ready to release the pressure, head to stephgalante.com slash call for pricing and to link in the link to book. I'm really looking forward to supporting you in this way. And this is something I have not done for a long time. So I'm excited to kind of commemorate my business anniversary in this way. 
Now, my friend, as always, before we leave one another, I'll offer you some wrap-up considerations. How can you use what we're talking about today to human more easily, to support and uplift those in your community, especially those who are different from or hold identities more marginalized than your own? How can you use it to connect more authentically and deeply to your community and also to begin to move towards mass mutual reliance and away from Western culture's individualistic society? Until next time, my friend, please be kind to yourself just as you would to those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, an animal baby, or a plant. Be gentle, please, to yourself. I always love to hear from you. Please reach out. Please share with me. And if you're loving the show, please share it with your nearest and dearest and leave a review and a rating. My friend, remember you are a badass and you are enough. Now go be your favorite self and be well. Humaning is a production of Steph Galante Self-Care, LLC. The show is produced by me, Steph Galante. You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the Holistic Self-Care Collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.